0: Hey, welcome to the LifeHouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game and leave a legacy. We hope this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now let's get to this week's episode.
1: Have heard the term free love? Free love? (laughs) Okay. Well, some of us in here were born in the 60s and 70s, so I know you've heard some free love. Some of y'all got here because of some free love. Amen? (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't want to bust your bubble, but today I'm going to tell you that love ain't free, y'all. Love, in fact, has a cost. <laughs> so, if you don't believe me, think about a mother. If you're a mother that has, to, has had to bring forth a child into this world, it is absolutely a sacrifice of love. This little person has invaded your body for over nine months. Then you have to bring forth this child. And it comes at a cost. It has cost you your sleep. It's cost you your comfort. It's cost you your figure. And sometimes it costs you your health and your well-being. But you did all of that because you love your child. Now, dads, you are not exempt. We celebrate you, too. Let's give it up for the dads. A lot of times the dads are overlooked. (laughs) That's my husband over there. He's the father of my children. Amen. He put a ring on it and gave me some babies. Thank you. Amen. Ain't he cute, y'all? I love him. (laughs) But dads are amazing. You love in such a way that you sacrifice everything for your children. In fact, if there is a toy that's broken or if there's a bike that needs to be fixed, or unwanted food that needs to be eaten, y'all are right there. (laughs) But seriously, dads pay the price to protect the lives of their families, even if it means losing their own. And that's how our Father in Heaven loves us. When we think about the cost of love it costs us in many ways one of the ways that love costs us is through investment now i remember being in college and my boyfriend at the time my husband now amen um we were going to a family dinner and he wanted to pay for my meal because he loved me so he told me to look through the menu and pick out what I wanted. And so I did that, and then he picked out what he could afford. (laughs) So I got this meal, and then he got a small appetizer. I remember what it was. What was it, sweetheart? Shrimp cocktail, six whole shrimp. (laughs) So he sacrificed what he wanted and desired so that I could have what I wanted. All because he loved me. He paid the price of love. So when I thought about that, I thought about how much it must have cost at that time for us being college students. We didn't have much money, but I remember that that was what his money could pay for. See, my meal didn't cost me anything. I just needed to receive what was already paid for. John 1, 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right or the power to become children of God. In order to receive the free gift of becoming a child of God, we must first accept and receive the gift of salvation that he has given to us that has already been paid for for us revelation 3:20 we see jesus saying look i stand at the door and knock if you hear my voice and open the door i will come in and we will share a meal together as friends Now, Jesus extends an invitation here. He wants us to have relationship with him. He wants us to receive his free gift of love. And all we have to do is open the door. What an easy invitation. What an easy thing to do. When someone knocks on the door, you receive them. Jesus knocks on the door of our hearts for us to receive him not just for salvation, but for the other things that we have in our hearts that we haven't yielded to God yet. Those secret things that we're not ready to deal with yet, he's knocking on our hearts so that we can give that to him as well. Amen. Now, the good news is that the meal that Jesus wants to share with you is free to you. You couldn't do anything to earn this free gift. He set the table before us, and it is a free gift for us to receive. It cost him his life, but all we have to do is receive it. Receive it. And I think back to my boyfriend at the time, and I think back to all that it cost him He paid all he had in his money for love. But Jesus paid what he had, which was his life, for love. Another way that love costs is through time. Now, love costs Jesus his time when he knew his time on earth was limited. His ministry spanned About three and a half years, so he didn't have much time to waste, but he still took time to spend time with not only his disciples, those who followed him, but he also spent time with sinners. He spent time with those that were downcast, those that were undesirables in society, and he spent time with People like the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. He spent time healing the afflicted, and he spent time feeding and teaching over 5,000 people, all because he loved them. Now, he loved them because he had the heart of the Father, and he knew that he needed to spend his time to teach so that they can be restored and healed. See, the people's needs were never an interruption to his day. He was never too busy to lend a helping hand. He was never too busy to pour out to those who needed help. But many times in our busyness, we overlook the needs of people. How many times does it feel like an interruption to your day When you see someone in need and you think that it's going to take too long to help them. It's going to be too much of an investment in your time to help those who need you. I've been guilty of it. I think a lot of us can say we've been guilty of it. But God is saying to us today to slow down. These moments are not interruptions. They're invitations. These moments are appointed times for people to encounter the God in us. So we see here that even the term spending time indicates that there is some kind of cost. There is some kind of investment because we can't get our time back. Once it's spent, it's gone. It's not like money You can always make some more money, but you cannot get your time back. So for us to spend time with others, it truly is precious, but it's an investment that's well worth it because when we spend time with people, we are investing into their eternity. Mark 2, 13 through 18 says, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake a large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. While Jesus was having dinner, excuse me, at the tax collector's booth, follow me, Jesus told them, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who had followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they also asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners." We see here that Jesus always stayed on his kingdom agenda. He never allowed distractions to come about that would keep him from helping those who were in need. So think about this. Who is God showing you that you need to spend more time with? Who do you need to make the investment in eternity in? It's time for you to make time to spend with that person so that you can invest in their eternity with God. Last week, Pastor John talked about loving and speaking truth in love. But in order to do that, we first must embrace vulnerability. Vulnerability costs us something. It costs us risk. There is a risk with being vulnerable you risk being rejected you risk being misunderstood you miss you risk being cast out there is a risk when you open yourself up and allow people to come close to you but see Jesus never had a problem with that He allowed people to come close. He allowed people to touch him because he knew that once people came to him and they encountered his truth, that they would forever be changed. Jesus was 100% God, and he was 100% man. In his humanity, he became vulnerable when he laid down his life for us. He took the bruises, he took the piercing, he took the beating, all because he loved us. He spread his arms wide. He exposed himself and became vulnerable so that we may live and have eternal life. He allowed himself to feel what we feel, and he allowed himself to be a demonstration of love for people to come unto him and have relationship with God. So he wants us to exhibit that same vulnerability that he showed to us through his love to others. When my husband and I counsel people, we have the practice of disrobing first. And when I say disrobing, I mean becoming vulnerable first. When you become vulnerable first, you allow people to see the challenges and the struggles that you've been through. Then they feel safe to come to you with their struggles and their challenges. See, when you're vulnerable first and when you take off the mask and when you take off the robe and you say, here I am, scars and all, this is what I have to offer to you. The person feel safe and they're able to disrobe with you and then you get to a place where you can help them see that's what Jesus did with us he became vulnerable for us but even in vulnerability their strength it doesn't make you weak to be vulnerable vulnerability simply says I open up so that you can come in and that is what Jesus did for us Now, the thing is, you can't heal what's not revealed. You can't reveal something if it's hidden. So once you disrobe and become vulnerable, God can heal the wounds that are in you. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, we've had the proclivity, Pastor John's word, proclivity, to sin and cover up. But God wants us to turn that around. God wants us to open up to him. God wants us to be free in our vulnerability and surrendering to him. And this allows others to come to him. Our vulnerability is a gateway for people to come to Christ. Even during the time when Jesus was on his way to the cross. The officials had came to arrest him. He showed his vulnerability. Luke 22 and 39 through 42 says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus knew that he had to face an unimaginable amount of pain in order for us to be free. He decided to lay down his life for for us, and during his moment of vulnerability, he still yielded to God's will. He asked God, if this is your will, let your will be done. But first, he asked if this cup can be taken from him. <laughs> but still, in his life, he laid it down for us so that we can partake of abundant, free, everlasting life. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can't freely receive God's love until we accept what he did for us. Jesus paid the cost so that we can walk in freedom. See, we couldn't earn it, and we couldn't pay for it. We were not good enough. Our blood wasn't clean enough. But God did that for us so that we can come to him. Now, my husband and I have two children. We have a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. Pray for us. We bought groceries a couple of weeks ago, and the kids were bringing the groceries in from the car, and they're dancing. They're excited because they saw their favorite foods, their snacks, they're jamming. They're like, yes, food, chips, amen. And so... You know, just to give you some background, in the Goodrich House, we eat. Amen. It goes down to the Goodrich House. So they were bringing groceries in, and my son got to one bag that belonged to me. And in this bag, I ordered uh, five items of this particular flavored mix. And he said, hey, Mom, can I have one of these? And I said, No. He said, Mom, you have five of them. And I said, I know. I ordered five of them for a reason. I know that this particular flavor is limited. So I'm going to buy all that I can so that I can have them for as long as I can. And then my daughter joined in and started complaining and said, well, the ones that we have are stale, we don't like those anymore. And I said, you have multiple flavors, all of them can't be bad, I just have one. But they still continue to complain, they continue to tell me why they should have access to the stuff that I bought for myself. Just an aside, parents, you need to have boundaries. Otherwise, your kids will take over your life. It starts with a drink mix, then it moves on to other things. (laughs) Amen, parents. That's a sermon for another day. (laughs) But I told them that you cannot complain about something that you did not pay for. I said, your mommy and daddy paid for everything in this house, therefore and thus, you need to appreciate what you have. And I told them, I said, you have access to everything on this bottom shelf. All of this is yours. Anything above that is off limits, but you have everything on this bottom shelf. But they didn't want what was on the bottom shelf because it was no longer of value to them. They no longer appreciated the thing that they asked for. See, how many times do we do that in our lives? We ask God, we even beg God sometimes for certain things. We beg him for a spouse. We ask him for a job. We ask him, Lord, bless me with this car. But when he gives it to us, and then it starts to lose its luster, then we don't want it anymore. See, it becomes devalued in our eyes. We begin to lose appreciation for it. And then we don't find value in it, and we start complaining about it. Let's look at Ephesians 2 8. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves, but is a gift of God. See, God has provided everything that we have. And our heart's posture towards that gift should be gratitude, not complaining. See, Jesus paid for our freedom with his abundant life. And when I thought about this, and I thought about our kids, I said... Love costs you something. Gifts cost you something. And I said, how many times have I devalued something that God gave me? There have been times when I devalued my job. There were times when I devalued my car. But God had to remind me that every good and perfect gift comes from God and that he doesn't make any mistakes when he gives us gifts. Psalms 51, four through five says, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. You are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. See, God has the right to complain about us. We were born in sin, we were shaped in iniquity, we mess up all the time, we're ungrateful, we're, we're complainers, we, we mess up. And God has every right to complain about us, but I'm so glad he doesn't, because he sees the value in us anyway. See, instead of complaining about us, God remembers that he created us with value. Psalm 139 and the first part of 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made with a purpose and a value through Christ, and we have the opportunity to become a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17-21 explains that we are a new creation. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, So that we in him might become the righteousness of God. See, God loved his son Jesus, but he also loved us. And he loved us so much that it cost him his son's life. We see in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever that believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus paid it all for our sins. By his blood and his excruciating death on the cross, he paid for our reconciliation back to the Father. And he did not complain about it. He paid the ultimate price for us, and he showed us how to love at all costs. His sacrifice cost him everything. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sin. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we can be healed. Isn't it incredible that through his wounds, ours are healed? See, we don't have to continue to walk in brokenness because Jesus paid for that too. First Peter 2.24 says, Who is his own self, bear our sins with his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, but by, by whose stripes we were healed. Now, this healing doesn't just include physical healing. It also includes mental healing, emotional healing. It's a wholeness that healing affords us through Christ. So we can walk in the authority that God has given us to walk through all of the wounds and the pain that we've gone through because he paid for it on the cross. The finished work of Christ on the cross affords us to grab a hold of that authority and walk through all of that so that we can be free. We walk in authority by receiving healing by faith, first in your heart then by moving and acting in faith there's this song that I like it says here I am to worship that's the name of the song have you ever heard of it the bridge of that song says I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon the cross we'll never know how much it costs But it cost Jesus everything. He laid it all down by choice for us. He laid it down so that we can have eternal life. Now, what do you need to lay down today? What is God showing you that you need to leave here today and give to God? Maybe it's unhealthy patterns, maybe it's some broken relationships. Maybe it's something else that God is showing you, but I encourage you, be bold enough, be vulnerable enough to lay it down and give it to God today. Also, think about where you need to invest your love. See, some of us are investing our love in places that God didn't tell us to invest in. God has something inside of you That he wants to share with someone else. And he wants you to take time to invest into the eternity of someone else. So who is that in your life? And what do you need to receive? See, Jesus is here today. And he is knocking on the doors of our heart. He is here and he is waiting for you to receive all that he has for you today. See, God's love was shown for us and it was paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on that cross so that we can walk in freedom, that we can walk in a boldness. We can walk in authority We are no longer bound, we're no longer chained to sin. We are free because he set us free. Sin separates us from God, but accepting what Jesus did through salvation reunites us back to God.
0: Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard, or said yes to Jesus, please reach out to us at lifehousenn.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next step in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us online next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 1030 a.m. at lifehouseonline.com or in person for a live worship service at 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. at the Kiln Creek Regal Theater in Newport News, Virginia. Visit lifehouseinn.com for more information or to RSVP for a live service.